Windows 10 is the next generation of the Microsoft Windows operating system. And while it's still being rolled out in waves, there are some lingering security and privacy questions about this brand new version of Windows. Hi, I'm Matthew Schwartz, Executive Editor for Information Security Media Group. And I'm speaking with security expert Sean Sullivan at Finnish security firm F-Secure. Sean, you've been warning that Windows has an unprecedented number of services, ranging from location tracking to collaboration to a Find My Device feature that ship active by default. Yeah, at least on the home installs that I've seen. I haven't yet gotten a hold of anybody who's doing a pro version to see what the differences are. I haven't either, but one interesting evolution that we've seen on all versions of the operating system is this push by Microsoft to try to simplify the human interactions. For example, one of your colleagues tweeted an error message that he got when he was trying to install Windows 10 that just said simply, something happened. He was using the installation media wizard on an enterprise Windows 7, and RIT probably has locked that down, so it came up with an error code. They went with, since Windows 8, more human language. So instead of seeing error 10, 10, 20 or something, they give you stuff nowadays like something happened. I think my favorite example of human language in Microsoft Windows at this point is on Windows Phone. If you want first-party cookies, you allow some cookies. It's all cookies, no cookies, or some. I'm like, yeah, sure, I feel lucky. Now, I know you're a longtime user and fan of Windows Phone, but do you have any idea what that means? I assume that means first party, not third party. Okay. I think their user experience team trying to make the language more human has kind of made it too vague. And that something happened to error message was along the lines of, seriously, give me something I can search for and hit some technical page if I need to. Or at least a link to see behind the scenes what that means. But for a technical person, it's like, I don't know if IT locked it down or I don't know if the glitch is. I mean, I, we assume IT has something in the group policy that doesn't allow for that to happen. So I would assume that also then I can't just install Windows 10 with all the wrong defaults because IT already has some sort of flags in place. But you never know. Well, that begs the question of a lot of enterprises theoretically have people on staff who will know what to lock down before it gets rolled out. But a lot of medium and especially small size businesses aren't going to have anyone on staff. I know there's going to be a lot of small businesses out there that are kind of running, not pro, but they're running Windows Home Editions. If it's like a five-person business, and if they're upgrading to 10, and it goes to all the home user defaults, they're wired up to the cloud. And as we saw with the celebrities who inadvertently or otherwise had their intimate photographs backed up to iCloud, where attackers were able to grab them and then publish them, that could be a problem for some. Yeah, I think for some, especially like small businesses, especially if people are doing collaborative sharing across all that, and then... It's merging all that with your personal Microsoft accounts. Somebody leaves the business but doesn't leave the collaborative sharing group or something. I think it kind of complicates that for a small business if they're managing this stuff ad hoc. There was a guy at the Oslo Freedom Forum months back who had a Hotmail email address. So on his business card, he's a guy that protests the army in Thailand. So they're always kind of you know asking him to keep in touch. And he tweets and he runs a small newspaper. And his Hotmail address, being his email address, it's on his business card. He had a Windows phone and he made that his default account tied to the phone. And some people apparently in Thailand were, I guess, dosing his email or trying to hack his email in a way that the email kind of locked down. 
and then it rolled over to his phone as well so that he couldn't install new apps without verifying his account. And to verify his account, he would need internet access to log into his Microsoft account on the web. But since it had been locked, it wanted to use the alternative email that he'd set up, which was Gmail. And he's like, I don't remember the Gmail password. So we couldn't get into his Microsoft account to reset it. So he had this email account over in one spot and it was affecting his phone halfway around the world. And it was kind of like, gosh, your phone really ought to have a different Microsoft account that you don't use for email so that people who know your email can't somehow hink up your phone, you know, cause the phone to get jammed up because they're going after your publicly known email address. I can only imagine what happens now if you have like Windows 10 on your desktop, also tied to your Microsoft account. And your Microsoft account is also your email address. And you use your email address to log into Twitter. And people can see that as your point of contact when you're using all types of social media. And so now what kind of denial of service is possible for your home PC now that it's all tied into this cloud? That was like one of the things with iCloud as well. That was I think somebody in Australia was doing that. Yes, the Russian scammers who tricked people into visiting a phishing page, stole their iCloud login credentials, and then used that to lock people out of their iPhones remotely, saying they needed to pay bitcoins to someone named Oleg Pliss if they wanted to get access to their phone back. If you didn't have your lock code set, you couldn't get rid of the message. If you did have a lock code, you could put in the lock code and dismiss the message and regain control. And so I remember we were blogging at the time, we recommended... And I was telling Jason, who writes for our Safe and Savvy blog, at the very least, I recommend setting the password and then setting the timeout to every four hours. And if you can't be bothered to put in the lock code every four hours, it's like, ah, well, I, I don't know. What can I do? I get it if you don't want to have to unlock it every single time you pick it up. But a four-hour timeout, if you're using your phone all day long, then it's really the first thing in the morning when you wake up, you put in the lock code, you're good. But that means at least the lock code is in the system so that someone tries to install different configurations. There's plenty of different things that you know, changes to the microphone settings. Oh, it'll ask you for your lock code. That is something like when you get your Windows PC tied into the cloud like that, I worry about scenarios like that occurring that we haven't even sort of played around with yet. So there's a real push. Apple wants you to use an iCloud account for everything. Microsoft wants you to use a live.com account for everything. What do you recommend that people actually do? With my Windows phone, when I booted it up for the very first time, I created a new email address, a Microsoft account, and I've never used it for any email. And a lot of my colleagues around here who have Windows phone did the same thing. They created a new Microsoft account. They got the email account with it. They've never used it for that function. They've only used it as the account to manage their phone with. I don't think that's how people are going to be steered with their Microsoft accounts. And I fear the guy in you know, Oslo who used his Hotmail to manage his Windows phone, he'll probably be in a situation where he'll use his Hotmail to manage his Windows machine. And if people attacking his Hotmail account because they wanted to troll him or to harass him caused the account to lock up so that his phone could then no longer download apps because it couldn't authenticate because the account was locked up, same thing to his PC in theory. That's a great point. I have an iPhone. I created an iCloud address that I only use with the phone. But you're right, because a lot of these services are predicated on trying to get you to tie in so that you can get access to your music or your online storage or your shared word collaborative environment. They need to get you to do that somehow. Yeah, and it's possible actually to use a Gmail email address as your login ID for a Microsoft account. Because I used to use a Yahoo email address for my MSN account. But then at some point, in the past when Yahoo and MSN agreed to merge protocol, 
that caused me some technical support headaches. I guess when I tried to log into my MSN account, I was like, oh, Yahoo. And it logged me into my Yahoo account, Messenger. And I was like, no, that's not what I... And it, so it pulled in a bunch of weird spammers who tried to add me to the Yahoo chat, which I never used. And so I had to dig into the settings and figure out how to first get rid of all those spam requests and then make sure that when I went to MSN Messenger client and used Yahoo, it didn't think I was trying to log into the Yahoo account, but rather my Microsoft account using the Yahoo username. And you can create a Google account that you can log into with your corporate email that won't then create a Gmail account. That got harder and harder with Google Plus because, yeah, it's all about the tie-in and they want to steer you away from that option. So there's this bid to make whatever service it is stickier? That's, I think, part of what Microsoft's aiming for with this Windows 10 is to create that all in one unified account. And I think most people are going to be, if they don't use Hotmail anymore, they're going to create a new Microsoft email that they hope they can then use to send them all the notifications and, and kind of opt them into the ecosystem. I hope it is manageable for most folks, but I'm not overly optimistic. I'm somewhat optimistic people will just kind of create it and then not use it for their default email because they'll just continue to use their Gmail. So even if Microsoft needs you to create a new account for your Windows 10 machine, they would think someone like my mom would probably create something, but not necessarily use it. Unfortunately, because she's not planning to use it, she might not give it a very strong password, which then means that maybe someone can just beat on it until they get into it, and then they can lock you out of your account, which then can lock you out of your machine. And then you wake up one morning and your computer is using its Find My Computer function, and your screen is locked. And all of your friends get the Hotmail spam saying that you've been mugged in London? Well, it's like no, it's like that iCloud Find My iPhone feature. So the location feature in Windows 10, I imagine there must be Find My Lost Laptop. But if someone can get into your account because you haven't set a good password, and can trigger the, oh, I lost my laptop, where is it function? Except it's not really lost, it's really at your desk. Then they can lock it and put the notification on there saying, if found, please call this phone number. So you wake up, your screen is locked, you've got the notification saying, if found, call this phone number. You call the phone number and it's the guy like sending, oh yeah, send me a Bitcoin here and I'll unlock your computer. So potentially an easy shakedown for crooks. Well, I hope it's not easy, but it's like... (laughs) I don't think the iPhone one was easy. I imagine someone is going to try this experiment. I just hope the return on investment is not worth it to most folks. But the flip side of this is possibly like a lot of the services that are in Windows 10, this is actually quite a useful feature, especially if you forget your device somewhere. I have used the Find My Phone feature with Windows Phone. So, I mean, I log into my Microsoft account, which requires two-factor authentication, and I can ping it and say, Find My Phone. And even if your phone's muted, you can be like, no, seriously, make it talk to me. And it's loud. You'll find your phone if it's anywhere nearby. And I've told my phone to ping Microsoft with its location if the battery's really low. So the last thing it'll do before it turns itself off is send a notification to to the cloud. Like, I'm here. So when you log into your website, you'll always see the last location. I'm curious about testing that with Windows 10. Again, these are features that could potentially be targeted. The find my lost device feature, that could be abused and someone will try to abuse it, I'm sure. So this is a real brave new world of cloud services and tie-ins. Yeah, I was just starting to watch the Apple and Google Know What You Want Before You Do video on Wall Street Journal and also tying into it in my head. Microsoft wants to be part of this world as well. But as you've said, that ultra-connected model across numerous services and devices may pose risks that we can't yet fathom. On that note, Sean, thanks very much for talking about Windows 10 security with me. For ISMG, I'm Matthew Schwartz. Thank you for joining us.